You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, I'm excited to be here today. Are you excited to be in the house of the Lord today? I am. I want to share a message with you today. I believe God has put on my heart for you today, and I want to encourage you and lift you up today. That's my, that's my heart. I want to start with a scripture in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. We're going to be talking about forsaking not. Forsaking not. Verse 19, it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of, the, of Jesus, by a new and living way, which He consecrated for us through the veil, that is, His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. Amen. And let, not, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You that You have given this God-inspired Word and the Spirit-inspired words to us, even for today. Lord, we just open our minds, open our hearts to hear what the Spirit would say. We ask for our hearts to be open, to be planted, what, the, what You would have to be planted in our hearts today, Father. Let us hear Your Spirit and let the words be anointed as they are Your words, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as we look at the Scripture, I think that it's, it's a very interesting Scripture about the time that we're living in. And this scripture, even though it was written, you know, thousands of years ago, was really for today, I think, or for us any time we live. And if you look at the things, it's pretty easy to see how things are working in the world. And, and I don't know if you've been a Christian very long or not, but you can also see how quick and easy it is to, for things to come into your life and distract us. How many of you can ever say you've been distracted by things? Or maybe you've been fearful, or maybe you've, you've had concerns or anxieties or worry. I think a lot of people have had those things in the last few years. But this scripture really sets up for us a preparation for us as believers. It's kind of a blueprint outline, if you will, that we can follow as we move into the next church age or the next generation that we're facing today. How many of you know, I, I think I've asked this question before, how many of you sense there's something just, just happening, something moving, something God's doing, something He's drawing people back. He's, he's tr getting us to reconnect in, in ways we, we've, we've done before, but we've kind of gotten out of that routine, if you will. And He's calling us back, and this is a blueprint, if you will. So there are four statements here that I want to kind of touch on. And if you're a, one of those Bible underlining people or highlighters, or if you have a digital media and you can highlight it, this would be a great time to do that. There are two pieces that I, or three, four pieces that I want to talk about here. One is the, in verse 22, it says, Let us draw near. God is saying, Let us draw near today. Let us, in the midst of the, the trouble we're facing, whether it's a perp, uh, an individual thing or a corporately thing or whatever it is, worldwide pandemic or global war, whatever's going on, let us draw near. And he says, it, with a true heart, 
in full assurance of our faith in Him. So that's, that's the first one. Two is, let us hold fast. Say hold fast. Hold fast your confession. Don't let anything come between you and your confession. The third hold fast here is hold, let, hold, let us consider one another. Let us consider one another. This is a very important thing because we can only consider one another sometimes when we come together. You know, I don't know about you, but uh, if we talk about reality, the last few years has been really hard on churches specifically. Because churches are meant to gather together. And so there have been many things that we've been isolated because of this. And, and I don't know about you, but isolation is not a fun place. So let us consider one another. And it goes on, it says, so that we can stir each other up to good works. And the fourth thing here is not forsaking the assembly. Not forsaking the assembly, which is the scripture, verse 25 that we're going to talk about today. So I want to ask you a question. Why church? Why do we do church? Why do we come to church? Why do we go to church? I mean, going to church in and of itself doesn't save anyone, right? I mean, you can come to church and, and, and never really give your heart fully to the Lord. I, I mean, I've done it. I've, I've resisted the Lord in my life and, and not held Him back. And been in church and, and shook hands and smiled and said everything was okay. But it's not about the going to church. I mean, I can worship at home by myself. How many of you worship at home by yourself? You should. That's a good thing. Uh, I can pray at home by myself. How many of you pray by your home, at home by yourself? You should be praying. Uh, you can study. But there's a principle here in verse 25 that I think we need to talk about today because I think God is saying something to us. And it's this word, I think it's up on the screen, I can't see it. Ecclesia. How many of you have heard of this word, ecclesia? This word has a very interesting definition. And I just want to read through it here just for, for a minute. It says, it came from the uh, ecclesiastical terms and it means a congregation. It means the assembly of citizens. In fact, if you get into the more of the Latin derivatives, how many remember Latin derivatives? Ooh, I just didn't like that stuff back when I was in school, but it's kind of cool now because then you can really get to the root word of what that word really meant. And the word ecclesia means assembly or the gathering together. Ecletos means the called people. Or the, and, and the ecclean means the called out. How many of you know we are the called out chosen people? people. And we're called to ecclesia together. That's what God is saying today. He's wanting to challenge us. Where have we been? It's time for the church, the church, our church, all churches to come back together and assemble again. There's a, there's a lot of reasons and I'm going to talk about this in the next few minutes here. But the enemy, I want to state this, the enemy is trying to keep you and me out of congregation. That's his plan. He wants to keep us out of the assembly. Because there's a reason and there's a power that's in assembly. It's not the building. It's not the place where you assemble. I know there are home groups that meet in houses. That's an assembly. That's the church coming together. Ecclesia. It's more about us becoming the church. And being the church. 
and doing the things that God is saying for the church to do. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Dr. Henry Cloud. Um, he's an author. Uh, he was on a t several talk show radios. Some of you may have remember some of the books that he he's wrote and written, I'm sorry, about boundaries. Uh, it was a very popular book back years ago. Churches That Heal is another more current work that he has. But this is a statement that Dr. Henry Cloud says. There is a difference between solitude and isolation. One is connected and one isn't. Solitude replenishes, isolation diminishes. There is a real attack on people today all over the world of isolation. You can't go anywhere, you can't get out, you, you got to stay home. You can't, you can't connect with anyone. It's an isolation that is being a, a, that's an attack against us as believers. And especially the church. When the church is the avenue or the conduit, if you will, of God's move on the earth today. The Spirit flows through His church and through us and through you as a believer. And if you can't reach out and touch someone, it's kind of hard to get that connection. So we're going to talk about four things here. Four things I want to share and the reasons why we should not forsake the assembly together. And this is not to be a condemning message, please. Because I know there are reasons why sometimes we don't go to church. Maybe you're not feeling well. Maybe you're streaming online today. Please, if you're watching, this is not geared toward you. But I want to challenge us that we need to look at things a little bit differently than what we have. The first thing is this. Healing happens in community. Did you know that? Healing happens in community. When we join together, there is an atmosphere for healing to happen. Not just physical, which is a very important one, but also spiritual, mental. How many of you have, ever, have been dealing with some anxiety? That's, there's an attack of anxiety against us. And we need to come together so that we can combat this anxiety. So healing happens in community. There's something special about the church coming together. There's something that's, that's a, a, an atmosphere for healing that is generated when we're gathered here in the presence. That's why our pastor will pray for healing during a service. That's why he'll call people up to pray for them and lay hands on them. And the scripture that, that we can speak of here, it says in Matthew 18, verse 19, this is the words of Jesus. It says, Again I say to you, that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now look around. Is there two or three here? So guess what? God is here. His Spirit is here. What do you have need of today? Let us come expecting to be touched by God when we come together in ecclesia. Whether it's at a home group setting, whether it's at a ladies retreat or a, a spa party that you guys, I heard you just had a spa party last week, some of you. Whether it's at a men's gathering or whatever it is, it come expecting to touch and be partaken in God's presence. Because two or three to gather, gather together. There He is. That's the Word. That's Jesus' words. And I can hold Him to those words because that's what He said. 
Of course, as I said, we can have an encounter with God at home. We can have an encounter by, with our spouse as we're praying together or in our car on the way to work. But just don't do what I did one time. One time, actually it was the first year we, my, my wife and I were married. We got married in September. And on my wife's first birthday that we were married on October 25th, I was praying on my way to work. And I was praying, I was praying, and I just, I don't know if I just got caught up in the spirit. That's my excuse anyway. And I didn't see the car in front of me stop and a wham, hit them, rear into them. I couldn't blame God, but you know, don't, so don't pray on your, in your car. If you do pray in your car, don't close your eyes. Don't, uh, you know, don't ignore the car in front of you. Please don't do this. Uh, learn from my experience, please. Um, I didn't tell the police officer that I was praying. I didn't, I said, uh, I, I told my wife, I was really embarrassed, you know, as our first, actually month and a half of marriage, I said, you're not going to believe it, honey. I just rear-ended somebody else, and I was praying. So, anyhow, don't do that, please. But there are plenty of references, plenty of references to the church coming together and assembling together. And what about laying on of hands? Can you do that apart? No. You can't do that apart. You've got to do it together. The Bible calls us to lay hands on the sick, to lay hands for the commissioning of ministries. James 5 says, Is anyone sick among you? Let them call on the elders of the church and what? Lay hands on them. It's hard to do that when you're isolated. It's hard to do that when you're not coming together. It has to be done together. I don't know about you, but there is something about the touch of a hand that can make a difference. You know, I mean, I know God's hand is here. I know God's presence is here, but there's something about, come here, brother. There's something about just touching somebody's hand and just saying, you know what? That means all the, just physical touch. There's something about that that makes all the difference in the world. Something about the saying, hey, oh, I didn't mean to squeeze that that hard. <laughs> so, there's something about just touching someone and saying, I'm with you, brother. I'm here for you. Amen? Amen. Thank, Thank you. you. And that means all the difference in the world. That's why coming together as a church and assembly in Ecclesia is so important for us. We are the body. I think Chuck was saying this last week in some different ways, but we are the body of Christ. Every joint supplies. I need you. You need what I have. They need what you've got. It all comes together, and we've got to do this when we come together as a body. Amen? Amen. We heal in community. The next one is this. We, vision happens in community. How many of you know you need to know where you're going so you can get there? You've got to have a vision. You've got to have a plan to get there. And when we come together in community, we see that vision can be released. Scripture here, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says, Where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. Prophetic vision. We need prophetic, fresh prophetic vision today. I don't know if you've listened to other people or other ministries, but there is a word that's being shared today about getting ready for God's outpouring of His Spirit. 
about some new move. Some people call it the Great Awakening, the, the Third Great Awakening. I don't know. I don't know what term it is, but all I know is be ready. Be prepared. Get your hearts right. Because God wants us to see the prophetic vision. Because if we don't, what happens here, according to the Scripture in Proverbs 29, 18, we cast off restraint. We throw away everything that we've been holding ourselves back from and just say, hey, whatever. I don't have any goals. I don't have any vision. I don't have any plans for the future. And so it's easy to give in to those things that we've been restrained from before. Those sins that so easily beset us because I don't know where this is going. I'm so discouraged. We haven't been able to come together as a church for two years or, or a year or whatever it was back a few week, months back. You know, I'm so discouraged. There's been a lot of people. Can I just be honest? There's been a lot of people who've struggled through this time and are still struggling to make it back. How can we reach out to them? How can we reach our hand to them and pull them back? And this is the way we're going to do it as we come together and we begin to be the church that God has called us to be. Vision is important in our lives as individuals and as a congregation. Prophetic vision keeps us aligned with what God is saying. What's God saying in your life today? Rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it now, please. I don't want to know every detail. But what is God saying in your life today? What gift do you have? What, 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 what gift, what, what uh, special skill do you have that you can let God use for His kingdom? Every joint supplies. Everyone has a special calling. Everyone has a special a something in their heart that they can give to God. And it happens when we come together as the church. Amos chapter 3, I like this verse, verse 7, it says, For the Lord God does nothing, does nothing without revealing His secret to His servants and prophets. Wait a minute, you mean God is really going to spend some time and let us know what He's doing? Yes, He wants to tell us what He's doing. And He wants to say what He's doing for us now, today. Amen? The next thing that I want to talk about is, is this. This is what happens when we come together as ecclesia or the church assembling together is that power happens. How many of you like a little power? How many of you need a little power to get up the mountain today, the hill that you're facing, the, the trials that you're facing? I do. I need some power. I knew, I knew that Marcus was going to say this when I had the scripture ready, so I was ready. He says, dynamite. So Acts chapter 1 Verse 8 says this, says, but you shall receive power. What's that mean? Dynamite. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I don't know about you, but I need that power. Dunamis. Dynamite power. We've got to have it. Because the battles that we're facing today you got to have His power behind you to fight Him. You can't fight Him on your own strength, your own willpower, your sheer willpower. If I, could just, if I can just think this way, I'll do it. If I can just, oh, I'll just keep doing it. And you know what we do? We fight in a circle. And we come back and we're staring at the same thing because we didn't let Him fight it in His power. 
Today we have the Holy Spirit with us today. I liked uh, as, as Rick B. opened the service and was inviting the Holy Spirit in because the Holy Spirit was to, is to here today. And He's here with power for whatever you have need of in your life. And as we gather together, maybe there's something you need to touch from God today. Maybe you need somebody to lay hands on you. So there'll be an opportunity at the end of the service for you to come forward. And there's ministers and anyone here that is, feels called to ministry, as Pastor Rick would say, he deputizes. So hi, Pastor Rick from San Diego. He deputizes all of you. I'm sure he would say this to pray for the others and pray for friends that are here today. So maybe you need hand, laid, hands laid on you today. There is something about joining together that is very powerful. Something about joining together and locking arms in a common vision, common calling. And where that is, where that happens at, there is a power that's released. I'd like to call your attention just a few minutes to the Ukraine today. A, 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 a country that they said would probably never last this long. I mean, they were going to be wiped out in a few days, right? Remember this? The news was saying this all over. And I'm not saying they're not struggling. I'm not saying it's, it's pretty bad. But I just want to say that they have done more than what anybody ever thought they could. Because why? Common purpose. They have a unity to fight for their freedom. They have a unity to fight for their lives. And sometimes it, when we are in that state... It doesn't matter. Remember the day after 9-11? It's been several years now, but just remember that day. I think the churches were full. It didn't matter if you were Democrat, Republican. It didn't matter if you were uh, a Jew, a Hebrew, a Gentile. It didn't matter what you were. Everybody was standing together. Common purpose. There was a unity. Psalms 133 says it like this. It says, How good and how pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. And then skipping to the last part of the verse here, it says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing. Man, there's power in God's blessing. When God commands a blessing, that's the place I want to be. I don't know about you, but God wants to command a blessing. And He's calling us to come back into this place of Unity, which is in the assembly and congregation of the people. The last one here that I want to share is maturity happens in community. Just everybody say, oh, this is not a good one. Come on, it's not fun to grow up. I don't like growing up. But you know what? We do. We grow in community, don't we? We grow when we are challenged in our relationships. Been married for a few years. I know how that works. And it's, 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 a, it's not always fun, but you know what? Maturity is something that we can gain in community. And we make it through our relationships. Proverbs 27, 17, as many of you I'm sure know, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so does a brother sharpen the countenance of his friends. Or his friend. I had this statement wrote down and I had to change it because I, I wanted to change it because I said we cannot grow 
by ourselves, but we can grow by ourselves, but we can't grow properly by ourselves. There's a difference. How many of you have ever seen a tree that grows and it's sitting off at an angle? You know, you know, it's sitting there and it's just it's it wasn't straight. And then you see if, if you're a good if you're a good uh, yardsman or I don't know what they call it, a good uh, agricultural person, you'd take the, the, the put it up and pull it, pull it to the side and horticulturalist. Yeah. Or something like that. And you you'd pull it up and you would try to get it to grow right. But when we're in community, we grow the way we're supposed to grow. But when we're isolated, we can grow however. There's nothing restricting us. Another, another evidence that we need to be in community, not isolated from each other. We need each other. And then, of course, in, the, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. How will they know that we're Christians? Our love. Our love for one another. Not by saying we're Christians. Not by saying we're Christians. Not by doing that. How many of you know it's hard sometimes to love your brother? Some people are saying it's hard to love my spouse. But anyhow, that's another story. That's a, I'll let Rick teach that message next week when he's back. But it's hard to love somebody in the good times and the bad times. But there's something about love that will change our hearts and cause us to mature. That's why God is calling us back to Ecclesia, to come back together. That's what he's saying about church today. The Lord is speaking this, I believe, really strongly is that God is calling us back to a couple of things. One is back to the Word. Back to His Word. Return back to my Word. Not philosophies of men, not anything that's out there, but back to His Word. This Word being the foundation of a scripture, our Scripture and, and everything that we do. Let's let the Word define itself. Thy Word is a light unto my path and a lamp unto my feet. The next thing is this. God is calling us back to church which is the message for today, calling us to return to the power of the assembly of the church, to be a light in the darkness, a Christ-centric congregation assembly of believers. That's what God's calling us back to today. Now I just want to share from my heart for a few minutes and I'll, I'll close with a story. I work in an IT company and I work with a global company and we do, a, I, I'm in technology all the time. I don't know everything about computers all the time, but I do enjoy technology. Some of you hate it. I understand it. I hate it too many times. But everything I do, I breathe and live and, and sweat technology every day. Servers and databases and computers and video conferences. And I know a few others here in the congregation do as well. And it's been an interesting few years for those of us who work in this community because we were used to going and doing things on a, on a campus or on site. And now some of us, not all of us, some of us still have to be on site for certain tasks. But now we are doing most things remotely. And those of you who may be in a, in a career or, or a job that can allow remote work, 
probably you have been doing the same thing as well. And so we have video conferences on a daily basis. On many of the mornings, uh, most of my company is, is based in Switzerland and Germany. And so many mornings I'll have conferences all morning long with people who are in the end of their day in the European time zone. And before the pandemic hit, we would travel. We would go to their places or, or so often and, and, and we'd meet face to face. And again, I'm for technology. So please understand me. I like technology. I think video conferencing and streaming and the things that we do, that we've been able to do for the pandemic are great and awesome. And many times people who can't be here can be here by video. But what I want to say is this. Even though we've had this in our technology, it has not replaced the need for face-to-face -face interactions. It's not a substitute for face-to-face -face connections. It's not a substitute for face-to-face -face interactions because why? There's so many things that we can see when we're in touch with someone personally. And even in our workplace, it's, it's, it's like, man, when are we gonna be able to travel again? When are we gonna be able to meet and congregate again for work? But let me take it to the church. Again, not against streaming. For those of you that are home, I'm glad that you're watching today or watching on a rerun today. But it's not supposed to be a substitute for the church, you and me here today, coming together so that we can touch hands, so that we can have ecclesia and the power of God in our midst. Every joint supplies. And for, in order for that to happen, you need to be connected to the assembly. And here's the interesting fact. I think we could probably, probably vet this out with statistics, possibly. I don't have them here today. But I think you, you, can, you can say amen. Even though we have all this technology and ways of connecting online, I think there's still a feeling of isolation. Amen? I think there's still a feeling that, yeah, these are good things to substitute sometimes, but I can't keep up this for a long period of time or else I will still feel disconnected. So what are we doing? What, what should we do here? The enemy doesn't want the move of God to happen. The enemy of the church does not want us to come together. In fact, the enemy of God does not want the church, the bride of Christ, to become the powerful manifestation that it is to be in these last days. He doesn't want healing to be released in community. He doesn't want vision to be released in community. He doesn't want power to be released. He doesn't even want us to be mature and grow up as the bride of Christ and take our rightful place in community. Why? Because he wants to keep the church from operating in the fullness of the power that God has designed for it. 
Isolation is one of the main weapons that I feel the enemy is using today. That's just a personal opinion. He wants to, why, why does he want to do that? Because he wants to separate and divide. There is no better way than to get the sheep separated, isolated, and then divide them. You know, the wolves don't attack the herd, do they? The wolves don't attack the herd. They attack the one that's out by themselves. So maybe you feel like you're by yourself today. Maybe you feel like you've been isolated. Guess what? God's grace is here. His love, His mercy is here. He just says, hey, come back. Come back to the fold. Come back to the congregation, the assembly of believers today. That's all He's asking. I'm going to close with this story. And then we'll do a communion. So if you have your communion cups, be ready for that. There's a story that I read uh, many years ago, and I, I want to read it to you today because I believe it says a lot about what is happening today. A member of a certain church who previously had been attending services regularly stopped going. After a few weeks, the pastor decided to visit him. It was a chilly evening. The pastor found the man at home alone, sitting before a blazing fire. Guessing the reason for his pastor's visit, the man welcomed him, led him to a big chair near the fireplace, and waited. The pastor made himself comfortable, but said nothing. In the grave silence, he contemplated the play of the flames around the burning logs. After some minutes, the pastor took the fire tongs, carefully picked up a bright burning ember, and placed it on one side of the hearth alone. Then he sat back in his chair, still silent. The host watched this with quite fascination. As the one lone ember's flame diminished, there was a momentary glow, and then its fire was no more. Soon it was cold and dead as a doornail. Not a word had been spoken since the initial greeting. Just before the pastor was ready to leave, he picked up the cold, dead ember and placed it back in the middle of the fire. Immediately, immediately it began to glow once more with the light and warmth of the burning coals around it. As the pastor reached the door to leave, his host said, Thank you so much for your visit, and especially the fiery sermon. <laughs> I shall be back at church next Sunday. You know what? I really feel like there is a revival of sorts to happen right now. We're at a moment in time when God is calling us back into the fire of God. Because the fire is something that God wants to put in our hearts. And it's something that He wants to move in our hearts. And He wants us to release the fire to others. You can call it revival. You can call it great awakening. You can call it a move of God. I don't know what it needs to be called. I don't even know if it needs a term. But it's the fire of God that calls us back to that place of excitement. Remember the passion you had once before for God? Remember the passion, the desire you had? To, to give all that you could. Get ready. 
Get connected. Don't allow yourself to fall into isolation anymore. Last scripture. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as a manner of some, but even much more as you see the day approaching. Amen. If I could get my daughter to bring me a communion cup, I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord. Minister to you guys today. Speak to you. Praise the Lord. Father, we just use this opportunity to remind ourselves during our communion time here. Lord, if, if there's areas in our lives, Lord, that we want to bring to you, Lord, now's the opportune time, Lord. Reignite us today, Father. Reignite us with your fire. Reignite us with your passion to love one another, to stir up one another, to exhort one another, to don't give up, to keep fighting the good fight, to stand and having done all to stand, stand. Father, we remember your body that was broken for us. We thank you for your body. And we ask you, Lord, just to bless this communion today as we partake in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your blood. Your blood that covers a multitude of sins. Lord, it covers my sin covers all of our sins that are here today. Father, we ask you, Lord, that your blood would just infuse us with the healing power today. We thank you for your blood that sets us free. We thank you for by your stripes we are healed, Father. And we ask you, Lord, today to anoint this communion to set us back on fire in Jesus' name. Go ahead and have the worship team come back up, please. As they come back, I just want to again encourage you. This is a great time. A great time. Let's stand just for a few minutes here while we're the worship team's coming back. This is a great time and a great opportunity for us as believers to come back together and join together. If you're comfortable with the person you're next to, Hold your hand for just a second as we pray. Father, we just lift up. We connect. We reconnect with our church family of friends and our body. Father, we just ask you, Lord, for just uh, releasing the anointing, the power, the maturity, the vision that you have for us, Father. And Lord, today, as we are touching our uh, brother or sister's hand, Lord, that we're next to today, Father, we just release the anointing into their life. Lord, encourage them where they are to rise up, to return, and to come back to that place where they are walking in the fullness of the power that God has for their lives. In Jesus' name, let's worship. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.